You're watching the CFF Sites Week 1 show. My name's Joe DeSalvo, the voice of the CFF site. And I know some of you guys out there start your college fantasy football season at Week 0. But for the masses, for most of us, for, for just about everyone, this is where the season starts. Week 1 is here. Tons of college football this weekend, starting on Thursday, running all the way through Labor Day. And uh, this is it. The season is here. So thank you to everyone that has come in and supported the CFF site and all of its preseason resources from the preseason fantasy draft guide to the preseason player projections. And now if you're a college fantasy football player enthusiast and you're in leagues, we've got uh, we just posted the top 20 rankings for week one on the site. We've got college football. We've got week one player projections on the site that are live, ready to go. So even if you are not a college fantasy football player and you participate and, and take part in DFS, you don't want to miss out on the CFF site's weekly player projections. They're available for you on the site as well. Get on over to the CFF site. Plenty of in-season content. And of course, my partner, Mike Bainbridge, turning out the DFS content, the first article for week one is already out and we've got more coming for you guys this weekend. But, you know, this is going to be, this has potential to be a long show. There's a lot of games in week one. And so Mike and I did a show last week and I wanted to do something that didn't, that wasn't so long in the tooth. Uh, I know we covered some of the weekly college fantasy football plays for you guys that started in week zero. We also covered some prop bets and some DFS plays as well. I can tell you that this was, Week one leading up to week one is always one of the busiest weeks at the CFF site because we're still trying to balance the preseason content, preseason questions coming in for a lot of you guys that are still drafting, maybe those that are trying to make some roster adjustments, and at the same time, getting all of our week one content uploaded onto the site. So very busy week for the CFF site, which is the reason why this is getting up a little later than I usually uh, like to post it. I like to record these shows uh, on a Wednesday and get them up for Thursday. So we're getting it up a little bit later on Thursday than I would like. But nonetheless, what I want to do is just kind of walk through the week one schedule. You know, it, it's really tough right now, even with projections right now. You've got to let, you know, the model likes to have, ideally, two, three weeks of data to see if it can identify any trends before it really starts settling into uh, being really, really consistent. And I think that's where you guys are right now with, particularly with players right now and trying to predict your lineups right now. Uh, there's a lot of what we don't know. The week zero was a nice little sample size for some of you guys that, had drafted players such as Trey Palmer from Nebraska, just to you know, to give you an idea of what we're looking at. Uh, it's nice to get that sample size going into the season, but we don't have that for most teams, and we're going in blind, and we're going in with a lot of, you know, what Mike and I do in regards to research over the spring and the summer, and we're usually pretty good at at hitting a ton of those. So we're going to see how that pans out. But the, you know, the, just like every year, uh, there are some misses and there are some surprises. And college fantasy football leagues are one on the waiver wire. And I think even for a lot of you guys that participate in both, particularly with DSS DFS right now, it's all about finding that early edge. And so get on over to 
the CFF site, get our player projections and get in on some of those player props and get in on the DFS lineups as well. But here we go. We're just going to run through the schedule. I'm going to tell you some of the things that I'm looking at from a college fantasy football perspective, maybe some question marks that we've had going into the season. And we're not going to do it with every single game. But for most of the games, if there's a question of what we're looking for, that's what I want to relay on to you guys so that you can pay attention to that as well and see if there's any moves that you need to make, any adjustments, roster adjustments that you need to make from week one going into week two. The one piece of advice that I will give everyone, and I usually give this advice every year, is that trust your judgment a little bit. Sometimes everyone wants to make some knee-jerk reactions based on one performance. Sometimes you've got to let a guy get settled in. You've got to remember there are some big mismatches taking place around the country right now. A good chance for some of these stronger teams to uh, show off their depth and get some of the younger guys in there. So let's not put too much stock into bad performances. I think based on the opponent and based on what we see, uh, depending on the matchup, it will give us a big enough sample size to make a decision to make some moves, or maybe we will not have enough decision to make those moves. One piece of advice that I'll get is don't be quick. Uh, off the off the train right in other words don't you know the the college fantasy football is one on the waiver wire but yet at the same time you don't want to jump off of a guy too soon and then throw him into the waiver pool when somebody else benefits from that player for the rest of the year when you were on him in the beginning and maybe you were just a little impatient to stick with him I always say this the first couple of weeks when you make moves is more of identifying the bad choices that you make and getting those out as opposed to trying to scoop up everyone that has a big week, uh, you know, in the first week or in the second week, right? So trust your judgment, trust your research up until this point. Don't be quick to move off. Don't be impatient. But if you feel like you did miss something, maybe an injury comes up. Those are the guys that you have to move on. Sometimes it's not necessarily wise to move off of some of those players that you invested some, you know, a nice part of, you know, a good amount of draft capital in. You don't want to move too soon off of those guys just to play waiver wire roulette. And so that's my advice going into the first week. Let's look at some of those games. We're going to start with the Thursday games. And of course, you know, West Virginia and Pitt. We've got, you know, let's see how Keaton Slovis looks over at Pitt. We're going to see how that Graham Harrell offense looks at West Virginia. We feel like we've pegged the, the receiving core at West Virginia. Let's see how that plays out over there. Oklahoma State hosting Central Michigan. Jaden Bray seems to have won that wide receiver one spot on the outside that we were talking about much throughout the spring and summer. Let's see how he looks in that role. And let's see uh, Lou Nichols, one of the better running backs in the country. Let's see if he let's see if he can do anything for you guys over there on the road at Oklahoma State in week one. Ball State, another matchup that's interesting. Uh, Ball State over playing at Tennessee. Let's see, you know, Hendon Hooker should have a nice year. Cedric Tillman should have a nice year as well. And that Jalen Hyatt and, of course, Brew McCoy has uh, eligibility as well. Let's see how he factors into that offense. South Carolina State playing at Central Florida. Not a great matchup, but we do get our first look at John Rice Plumley, and we get an idea of how much maybe Isaiah Bowser could get used this year for him. 
most importantly, it's about staying healthy. Florida International hosting Bryant. We're going to see that offense. Let's see if Tyrese Chambers can kind of follow up his big 2021 campaign in which he averaged an ungodly amount of yards per catch. Supposed to be featured in that pass offense this year. Let's see if we get a little bit of a taste of that this week. Wake Forest hosting VMI. Life without Sam Hartman right now. Kind of curious to see how Wake Forest looks. Will that affect A.T. Perry and some of those receivers? I don't think it's going to really affect them as much, particularly A.T. Perry, because I see him as their number one weapon, weapon. But what I'm more curious about is to see the rest of the wide receiver pecking order. Who falls in line as maybe that wide receiver, too? Uh, you know, who's it going to be? Is it going to be Green? Is it going to be Morin? Is, could it be potentially Keyshawn Williams? So let's keep an eye on that. Penn State playing at Purdue. Uh, tough matchup there, I think, with just Penn State going, you know, with their defense playing at Purdue. But for us, it's really trying to identify same thing, much like we talked about at Wake Forest, a little bit more of a of a of cloud of uncertainty at that wide receiver position for Purdue with Milton Wright no longer there. So let's see how that wide receiver core plays out. You've got Brock Thompson, right? We've got Tyrone Tracy, we've got Charlie Jones that came over from Iowa. Let's see how that wide receiver rotation shakes out northern illinois hosting eastern uh eastern illinois the backfield is what we're really concerned about ontario brown seems to have won that running back one spot but will it be more of a 1a 1b uh or will we see more of a true running back one there new mexico state traveling at minnesota for me let's see how healthy mohim ibrahim looks right let i think that's muhammad ibrahim let's see if he's back to his uh you know early season form when he had that big game against Ohio State to start the year last year. Let's see what his health status looks like this year. Arizona State hosting Northern Arizona. Uh, you know, this is a program that we feel that has been a little bit uh, going, trending down, right? Zavian Valade coming over from Wyoming. Uh, him and Nagata in the backfield. You've got Emory Jones that transferred over from Florida. We'll get our first eyes at them as well. San Jose State hosting Portland State. We get an eye of the transfers. You know, obviously transfers brought in at receiver. Uh, and then Shevin Cordero brought in from Hawaii as well to quarterback. So a new look San Jose State offense we get a peek at tonight. Western Michigan playing at Michigan State, which is intriguing for me here is you know, what much we were talking about, let's get an eye of the wide receiver rotation at certain schools for Michigan State, all eyes on that running back position with Kenneth Walker III heading on out. So we'll get our first look at what could be what Michigan State wants to do with that backfield this year. Virginia Tech at Old Dominion. Virginia Tech really uh, just sort of an unknown going into this season. Uh, Malachi Thomas, they'll be without him this weekend. and But we get an idea of what Virginia Tech will look like. And I think Old Dominion, particularly coming off that bowl game against Tulsa, we know we went they went on that late run to end the year to become bowl eligible. Kind of curious to see how some of those experienced pieces come back and whether or not they can be competitive against a Power 5 school like Virginia Tech. Charlotte hosting William & Mary, and I think the big news here is that Chris Reynolds' quarterback got hurt last week in that game against FAU. He will not play this weekend. Kansas hosting Tennessee Tech, I think for us, really what we want to look at, 
uh, is that rotation in the Kansas backfield. Will Devin Neal nail down that running back one spot? You know, will he share the the load with with Kai Thomas, or will there be just a rotation of backs? We have our we're we're hopeful that Devin Neal is going to stick as the running back one this year. Illinois go into Indiana, and of course, we've got a really good taste of Chase Brown last week in that matchup against Wyoming. So I think really good things on the horizon for him, and really Indiana shaking some off, shaking the shaking up the offense, bringing in a bunch of transfers. Let's see how they look as well. TCU. Quentin Johnston, very high on him at receiver this year. Let's see how the quarterback position plays out, and let's see if someone gets settled in. Um, you know, let's you know. I think really for the TCU offense this year, it's going to come down to quarterback play and the value of a, of a receiver like Quentin Johnston is going to come down. Uh, as going to it's going to be a direct result of the quarterback play that they get. So all eyes on the quarterback performance there at TCU on the road at Colorado this week. Buffalo playing at Maryland, and I think, you know, here I think we know what we're going to get out of the Maryland offense. Maryland seems to thrive in those non-conference matchups. But, uh, you know, curious to see what happens with the running back rotation at Buffalo. We've been on Ron Cook, but is there going to be a little bit more of a transition where Buffalo steps away from a run-heavy approach, throws the ball a little bit more, so that bears watching. That's what I'm looking for this week. Iowa hosts in South Dakota State. Curious to see the backfield rotation there over at Iowa. Colorado State playing at Michigan. Uh, I know a lot of you guys are intrigued with the Colorado State offense with Norvell leaving Nevada going over to Colorado State, but they're playing on the road at Michigan. This might be the weekend to pump the brakes. And for me, I want to get a look of, uh, you know, Blake Quorum and Donovan Edwards, see if they get them on the field at the same time. We're high on both of those guys. Both of those backs have top 20, top 25 running back potential in them. Texas A&M hosting San, Sam Houston State. Get our first look at Devin Shane this week as uh, or this year as the lead back for Texas A&M. I wouldn't expect him to get too much work in this matchup. Uh, one that probably, you know, Aggies take care of pretty easily. And we see if they utilize the depth in their backfield a little bit. North Carolina hitting the road at Appalachian State. You know, I mentioned this uh, to to several people so far, but North Carolina with back-to-back games or or matchups uh, against Sunbelt opponents, Appalachian State and Georgia State. I think they're both road games. I could be wrong, or maybe it's a uh, uh, an alternating home and away. I think these are two really tough matchups for North Carolina. I know they came out of that matchup last week. Um, and look pretty good offensively. Curious to see how they look on the road at Appalachian State and Georgia State, which I think could give them, um, you know, put them in a dogfight here early in the season as North Carolina revamps that offense. Virginia hosting Richmond, and then this is a real intriguing matchup because this was something that Mike and I spoke about in the spring. Virginia trying to change things up a little bit, you know, obviously with Bronco Mendenhall moving on, Robert and I moving on as offensive coordinator going to Syracuse. There was some, you know, some speculation that they'll be making an attempt to run the ball a little bit more, establish that running game. But as Mike and I, you know, mentioned in the spring and throughout the summer, the strength of the Virginia offense is its pieces that it has in the passing game, its weapons, its wide receivers. And so we'll get a look to see if Virginia tries to establish that run or we'll see if they wind up falling back and really just going ahead and asserting the passing game. Iowa State hosting Southeast Missouri State. And, you know, let's see who that running back one might be. I don't know if we're going to get a true uh, sign this weekend. I have a feeling this could be something that plays out over the course 
of several weeks into the season. Of course, you've got the the youngster Norton there waiting in the wings, uh, but Jarrell Brock's going to get the first crack at it, we believe. And so let's see how he looks coming out the gate for a lot of you guys that invested in him. UCLA hosting Bowling Green, great matchup for DTR, great matchup if you've got Zach Charbonnet, two of the top guys in our rankings this weekend. Miami hosting Bethune-Cookman. Uh, get to see what the offense looks like now for for Miami. Uh, I think for me, the more intriguing option at Miami is what's going on with receivers, but are we going to want a part of that receiving core anyway? This might be a situation where, you know, we hop on Jalen Knighton and then obviously, you know, we've got the quarterback that that has been on our radar all, all offseason. But the receiving position is really where we are uncertain going into the year, where it seems like we were on and off a couple of guys throughout the spring and summer. So it'll be nice to see what Miami has at receiver. Nebraska hosted North Dakota. Nebraska, that disappointing loss against Northwestern in week zero. Um, but I think we nailed Trey Palmer. I mean, he had 13 targets last week. He's going to be the feature in that passing game. And I think really the success of that Nebraska offense is going to come down to uh, Casey Thompson connecting with some of those receivers. And it seemed like, you know, he was just a tad off. I know he missed a couple of throws to Palmer deep, whether it was overthrown or underthrown, a couple of those connect different situation. And all of a sudden Trey Palmer's looking like an absolute stud. So let's see, you know, Nebraska's schedule shakes out pretty nicely over the next few weeks. Let's see if they can tighten it up, get that chemistry going. And, and obviously somebody like Trey Palmer is a guy that you're going to want to invest in over the next few weeks, Oklahoma, uh, hosting UTEP, right? So we're going to see how that Levy offense looks over there with Dylan Gabriel, the transfer. Excited about that. Will Marvin Mims, you know, now kind of come out as that wide receiver one that we've been hoping for over the last couple of years under Lincoln Riley, where it just didn't pan out. They really didn't feature a receiver. Let's see if Jeff Levy does that with Marvin Mims over at Oklahoma. And obviously the backfield situation too, right? We know we've got Eric Gray over there. There's obviously a stable of talent at the in Oklahoma backfield and Levy does have a a habit he does have a history of rotating backs throughout the system we'll see how that plays out Oregon at Georgia that's going to be really nice just to watch right you've got the defending champions hosting Oregon uh there should be you know solid defense on the Georgia side so there's not going to be much we're going to want to invest in for Oregon and over on the Georgia uh you know yeah we're not going to want to invest much uh this week in the Oregon offense and then on the flip side, you've got Georgia's offense as well, where Brock Bowers might be the one surefire starter that everyone's going to roll with this weekend. But I'm curious to see how that Georgia offense looks this week as well. Cincinnati playing at Arkansas. I think the storyline for this one is who's going to start at quarterback for the for Cincinnati, and are they will they finish the game as quarterback for Cincinnati? I think that obviously now with Desmond Ritter moving on quarterbacks of most importance for Cincinnati let's see how that plays out over the course of the first couple of weeks uh just real quick Tulsa playing at Wyoming the one note here is that Titus Fenn was banged up last week seems to be okay where it is is he should play Norfolk State playing at Marshall obviously Rasheen Ali uh, you know, a couple of weeks leading up to the season, we were told he was taking time away from the team. He had some stuff going on that probably boosts Kaylin LeBourne, according to the depth chart, into the running back one spot. We're not expecting as much of, of you know, production from LeBourne in that running back one role as we would out of Rasheen Ali. But I think definitely a player worth picking up, particularly if you lost Ali, Ali uh, LeBourne should probably be on your roster. 
Houston at UTSA. I think this is a matchup that's going to be really fun to watch. You've got high hopes for Clayton Toon this year. Obviously, we've got Nathaniel Dell back. You've got Matthew Golden, the young receiver that's in there. He's established himself as a starter coming out of camp. You've got a very experienced UTSA offense. They return everyone just about sincere, except uh, sincere McCormick at running back. Could be one of the better matchups to watch of week one. I've got high hopes for Houston. I think they can win the American Conference. And obviously, you've got UTSA, who are the champions of Conference USA with an experienced team coming back. Should be a fun watch. Could be a lot of offense. I think it really comes down to just how solid Houston's defense plays against them this weekend. Ole Miss host in Troy. And I think, uh, you know, this is interesting because we want to see what happens at quarterback for Ole Miss, right? We're expecting Jackson Dart to be the starter. I don't think Troy will be an easy first matchup. I think Troy's got a pretty good defense this, this year, and I think they're going to slow the pace down a little bit. And so this game may be a little closer than some anticipate, uh, it's out of three touchdown point spread, uh, 21 and a half point spread right now. I think there is potential if, if, you know, the offense for Ole Miss starts slow, that Troy could keep it close at least for a bit. Um, let's see the next matchup we want to go to is I'm going to skip quite a few up rice at USC, right? We've got Lincoln Riley first game in, you know, on the Trojan sideline playing rice. This is a great table setter for what's to come in 2022. Nice, easy opponent. Let's see what Caleb Williams looks like. Let's see how Jordan Addison fits into that offense, and let's just see what we're going to get. We know what we're going to get from a formula standpoint um, from the USC offense and Lincoln Riley. We just want to see how the pieces fit. Let's go over to Middle Tennessee and James Madison, where now James Madison makes their move into the FBS. I, you know, this is one of those teams where I think has some sleeper potential here. With if particularly if Todd Santeo sticks at quarterback, you've got Chris Thornton, a thousand yard receiver that's returning. You've got two other receivers there that have potential to have to be that solid wide receiver too. Remember, you had two 1,000-yard receivers last year, but Antoine Wells Jr. left to go to South Carolina. So that opens up a hole in that wide receiver uh, for that wide receiver two spot over at James Madison. Kansas State, you know, lost a ton of offensive linemen. You've got Adrian Martinez come in. Word was he's a little banged up throughout camp with maybe a shoulder injury. But let's see how Deuce Vaughn uh, and that Kansas State offense responds after rebuilding that offensive line in this matchup. Wisconsin hosting Illinois State. A lot of eyes will be on Braylon Allen. Moved up the draft charts high this year in the preseason after that stellar year last year. So I know there was, he was an early pick for a lot of you guys. Let's see how he looks coming out of the gate this year. Arkansas State host and Grambling State. You know, last year, the problem with Arkansas State is just the matchups weren't there. The, the the production wasn't there. The consistency wasn't there. But this may be one of those matchups to exploit. You've got quarterback James Blackman, Tavalence Hunt at receiver, Jeff Foreman as well, Champ Fleming coming over from Oregon State. Good matchup for your Arkansas State players this weekend. Southeast Louisiana going to Louisiana. And remember, uh, new look, you know, new look for for Louisiana, so to speak, right? Just a lot of turnover between coach and staffs. Quarterback Chris Smith comes back. Will we see Chris Smith really anchor that running back core, or will we? Will it just be rotation as usual for the Raging Cajuns this year? That bears watching. Utah playing at Florida. 
Uh, I know a lot of you guys high on Richardson this year. We are as well. This isn't particularly the greatest matchup where I think he's going to go off. But if he does, then the sky's the limit because Florida plays Utah. Utah traditionally has a great defense. This game could be a little closer than, than you know, than it's only, look, Utah is actually a three-point favorite, right? So maybe I had that wrong. Um, so I'd be curious to see if Richardson can can lead the, you know, the Gators to a victory in this matchup right here. Tavion Thomas for Utah, that's really where most of the eyes are going to be on the other side of the ball. We know that Utah offense can be very run heavy, and that's the focus. The focal point of the offense is that running back one. And coming off of that huge year last year, I know we mentioned it, particularly Mike did in the spring, we worried about whether or not we're going to have a little bit of regression because you know we were concerned on whether or not Tavian Thomas's numbers were sustainable over the course of two seasons. So we'll see how that plays out starting tonight. Uh, this weekend in that matchup against Florida. Miami of Ohio playing at Kentucky, and we're going to see what happens, and hopefully we get some word, although I don't think we will, on Chris Rodriguez's status and just how long that he might be out after serving a suspension. We were kind of projecting that it would be a couple of games. We'll see how that plays out. Elon hosting Vanderbilt. I probably wouldn't have even mentioned this matchup a week ago, but after what Mike Wright did at Hawaii, I think there's a lot of eyes, and some of you guys maybe, maybe, it, particularly in deep leagues and two quarterback starting leagues, may take a shot on him after watching him run the ball last weekend in that win at Hawaii. Mercer playing at Auburn, and really just how much utilization will Tank Bigsby get out of the gate? Bears watching. Albany uh, playing on the road at Baylor, and for me, same thing there with Tay McWilliams. That's where I'll be watching, see how much work McWilliams gets in that Baylor backfield. Liberty playing at Southern Miss. Curious to watch this Hugh Freeze offense led by Charlie Brewer going on the road to Southern Miss, who had troubles at quarterback last year. Seems like, or at least where it is, they've gotten that hammered out. Frank Gore returns at running back. Jason Brownlee at receiver. That should be an interesting matchup to watch as well. Army playing at Coastal Carolina. And, you know, I did receive a couple of emails questioning just about the Coastal Carolina projections and and quarter, particularly quarterback Grayson McCall. Here's a couple of points, and I'll just, you know, leave it at that. you got to realize they're playing Army, right? So, you know, immediately you just think that there could be, there's potential to be two to three fewer possessions for Coastal Carolina than a typical weekly matchup because Army, if they are able to move the ball a bit, they will melt the clock. Army doesn't exactly have a bad defense. Uh, they're respectable. Uh, they have been over the over the last few years. And so the combination of a better than average defense and the ability to melt the clock a little way, uh, uh, melt the clock away if they can sustain possessions against Coastal Carolina is the reason why some of the Coastal Carolina projections are down, not to mention that you also have turnover at the receiving core, right? You had likely and highly the receivers and tight end for Coastal Carolina last year. Both of those guys were gone. They were around for three plus years as, you know, uh, amazing contributors to that offense. And now they've got to find a new go-to receiver. They're trying to figure that out. And so whether or not they do remains to be seen. But like I said, this is the part of the preseason where we don't have a big enough sample size to really know yet, right? And sometimes when there's turnover, particularly at the collegiate level, it takes a little while for teams to gel. And I don't think that this is an ideal opponent for Coastal Carolina to to work the wrinkles out, but we'll see how that plays out. But that's a little bit of a background on why the Coastal Carolina projections may feel 
a little light. Notre Dame playing on the road at Ohio State here. Don't want to downplay this matchup. This will be one of the most watched games of the weekend, particularly to see. And here's the watch for me. There's a lot of hope in this Ohio State offense. I love the Ohio State offense this year, you know, from, you know, all around the board. Quarterback, running back, receivers, they're stacked, right? But C.J. Stroud did struggle a little bit last year against better competition when you know at, at sort of at certain times and I'm curious to see how Notre Dame looks and whether or not they can kind of throw some wrinkles his way for me I think that might be tough this year you've got he's got a year under his belt and to me there's so much experience on that Ohio State side but I I don't want to say Notre Dame doesn't have a shot in this matchup it just feels like they're out talented um you know, across the board. And I don't think you can sit anybody in this matchup on the Ohio State side. Remember, Ohio State, they're sort of like Alabama. You know, you there, there is no bad matchup any week. And sometimes the better the opponent, the better chances you have to get bigger numbers from those guys because you know that they're going to play a full four quarters. But that should be a fun watch. And it's all, you know, it's full steam ahead with all of your Ohio State players. For me on the Notre Dame side, just kind of want to see the offense with Buckner at quarterback. Let's see how that running back rotation looks. See if the receivers play out. We know we've got Mayer there. Um, um, we know we've got Styles. Those probably going to be the top two receivers, but let's see what happens in that Notre Dame backfield. South Carolina hosting Georgia State. Um, you know, much, much like the Ole Miss-Troy game right here, I don't think this will be an easy matchup for South Carolina. I think Georgia State can give them some fits. And remember, I just mentioned it, you know, when you're bringing in, you know, a bunch of guys like South Carolina did, they brought in a ton of transfers. Sometimes it takes them to play together for a little bit before they start gelling. Let's see if that happens. For me, I'm more interested to see Marshawn Lloyd uh, and how healthy he is and whether or not they're going to feature him or whether or not there's going to be more of a rotation. Uh, I, I have some shares of him in some drafts this year. I'm a believer in Marshawn Lloyd, and I think that he could have a solid year for the Gamecocks. Alabama. Hosting Utah State, a lot of questions. You know, first of all, let's get to Utah State after a week last week. Uh, I don't think this is a week where you're really going to be investing in any of your Utah State players on the road at Alabama, where you're maybe likely to get some garbage. You know, you're, you're kind of pinning your hopes on some second half garbage points and yards. And over on the Alabama side, I know when the depth chart dropped, there was a lot of questions and 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 concerns on hits and misses. I still think we've got to let things play out on the Alabama side. I'm not big on the depth chart drops, um, you know, in the in the first week of the season. Let's see how that plays out. But I think if you've got, obviously, Bryce Young, Jameer Gibbs, Jermaine Burton, I mean, those are the three that are unquestionably in the lineup for everyone else. Might be a little bit of a pause, wait and see. But one thing we do know is that if you have an Alabama player and we do notice that they're going to be a regular in that rotation, then they're going to be a fantasy factor at some point this season, Memphis playing on the road at Mississippi state, that Mike Leach offense. Uh, let's see how it's going to look this year. And particularly let's see about the receivers, right? Leach is a guy that usually rotates a lot of guys there in and out at receiver. Let's see if we get any, you know, any indication that there might be a true stud that's going to emerge as wide receiver one this year. Will whether it be that Caleb ducking or will it be just a consistent Jaden Wally or Austin Williams? Let's see what we get there as well. SMU playing at North Texas. We get our, you know, another look at Tana Mordecai, the SMU offense, Rasheed Rice, 
North Texas coming off that win last week. Uh, looked like they're going to rotate a bunch of guys, maybe possibly at running back. We'll see how it how that plays out. But there's a big stable there at North Texas, and Austin Ani looked okay in his debut last week. So it looks like he will stick as that North Texas quarterback one, at least for the immediate future. Louisville playing at Syracuse. Mikhail Cunningham, let's see. Malik Cunningham, let's see if he can get his – uh, get things going for that's one guy that I never just yeah the, the name change gets me still for some reason I still think of him by his old name uh, let's see if he can get things going again you know Russian touchdown pretty much almost ran for two touchdowns in every game last year let's see if he can get things moving not a not a particularly easy matchup on the road at Syracuse but I mentioned uh, Robert Anay's name earlier about leaving Virginia he lands at Syracuse so let's see how that Syracuse looks with a day and how he incorporates Sean Tucker, the utilization of Garrett Schrader in that offense for Syracuse under Ane. Colgate on the road at Stanford for me, first look at EJ Smith uh, in 2022. That's what intrigues me the most. They've got experience coming back at Stanford does at quarterback and receiver. So I think they'll be okay there. And I think that offense is going to be much improved in 2022. Louisiana Monroe playing at Texas. And of course, B. John Robinson, heavy investment in him this week. I think he's rated our number one running back on the board this week. First look at Quinn Ewers. Obviously, you've got Xavier Worthy. And really, let's take a look at those Texas receivers. Uh, now that they've, you know, you've got Hall that that possibly is serving suspension. You had Nair, the transfer from Wyoming, who seems to be lost for the year. So let's see how that wide receiver rotation behind Worthy plays out in this opener. Murray State playing at Texas Tech. Zach Kitley coming over from Western Kentucky. Tyler Shug wins the starting job for Texas Tech. I've already been on record by saying that I don't think that he will finish the year as the starting quarterback, and he'll be lucky to make it more than three-quarters of the way through. Uh, that's just me. I'm hoping for a lot of you guys that invested some draft capital in Shug that, I, that, that I'm wrong. And for me, what I'm looking for is, um, you know, the the wide receivers, right? I mean, we, you know, let, we've got Miles Price, who we pretty much have pegged as – we think the safer option there, you've got youngsters like Brandley there. There's other guys as well. Let's see how those wide receivers shake out at Texas Tech. Idaho playing at Washington State and all. Of course, you know, Cameron Ward's going to be under the microscope here. Great matchup in the first in his first game in a Cougars uniform. Uh, and as well, uh, you know, we, we know what we're going to get with Cameron Ward. Let's see how those receivers shake out. For Washington State, Boise State playing at going to Oregon State, I think for me this year, George Halani, the health of him uh, is very important for a lot of you fantasy owners out there. I know Mike, my partner, is big, is high on Ashton Genty, the backup. He's uh, the youngster. He's the running back behind Halani. So we'll see how that Boise State offense looks with now Stefan Cobbs in the feature role at receiver. And for Oregon State, uh, let's all eyes on the running back, right? We had... Um, you know, uh, you know, as well, high hopes for Martinez, the youngster coming in, rave reviews, but will Deshaun Fenwick stick as they're running back one this year? And also remember, you know, had a guy like Jay Coletto, linebacker that does run the Wildcat, uh, did that last year. Curious to see if he resumes his role in that Wildcat as well, which could vulture some touchdowns away from those running backs. Kent State playing on the road at Washington. We'll see how that new look Washington offense looks. We'll see what the passing game looks like in particular. And over at Kent State, this was something that we touched on in the spring. Tough, tough, tough schedule to start the year. Three of their first four games were against good power five schools. And so with Kent State, 
um, you know, maybe wide receiver Cephas you're, you're investing in. I don't know if many of you guys are rolling with Colin Schley, the quarterback this week, and you really want Kent State to get out of that non-conference part of the schedule and into the conference schedule with the MAC. And then, of course, the late game Saturday, Western Kentucky playing at Hawaii, the one matchup where we've gotten a look at both teams already. I have to tell you, I was not overly impressed with Austin Reed, the quarterback for Western Kentucky, nor was I impressed with their offense as a whole uh, in that matchup against Austin P. However, don't underestimate the improvements that can be uh, made between weeks one and two and getting that first game jitters out. I, I, I At least that's what I'm hoping for for a lot of you guys. But Malachi Corley, Daywood Davis seem like they're going to be featured in that offense. No matter how good Western Kentucky may be, they seem like they're going to be legit fantasy options for you guys this year. But I actually thought Hawaii's running game looked pretty good until, you know, I mean, there was a couple of defensive touchdowns on the Vanderbilt side that completely flipped the game around. They tried to change quarterbacks up a little bit. I think this is a matchup where, as Western Kentucky, a 16-and-a-half-point favorite at Hawaii, I feel like this is a matchup where uh, Diedrich Parson uh, might be able to do some work for you guys for Hawaii. This might be a good matchup for him, and I'd be looking to start him and I wouldn't even be surprised if Hawaii won this game as a two-touchdown-plus underdog. Going to Sunday's game, Florida State playing at LSU. Brian Kelly's team, let's see what they look like. Let's see what they're going to do at quarterback. Is it going to be Jaden Daniels, Garrett Nussmeyer? I think before the season's over, I think Nussmeyer will wind up being the full-time starter for LSU. But Tigers possibly without John Emery, who supposedly suspended for the first couple of games. Curious to see what that off Den Brock's offense looks like with the personnel at LSU. Kayshawn Booty, a star over there at wide receiver. Let's see if they get him involved. Florida State with the tune-up last week wasn't ideal playing in inclement conditions, but Jordan Travers got a game under his belt, and I think you might see some wrinkles come out of that Florida State offense this week. LSU a three-point favorite, and I think this possibly could be a game because Florida State has played already where the Seminoles could could give them everything they could handle. I would not be surprised to see Florida State win this game and Jordan Travis have one heck of a game. And then obviously on Monday night, Clemson playing at Georgia Tech. All eyes are going to be on DJU. We feel like Will Shipley will get a little bit more work as a running back one this year, a little bit more of a heavier load when it comes to percentage of carries. But all eyes are going to be on that Clemson quarterback spot because if DJU seems to be a shadow of his uh, 2021 self, I have made the prediction that I think Cade Cub uh, Klubnik will get the call a lot earlier than later this year. And I don't think they'll be afraid to turn the offense over to him. I do want to see what that rotation looks like on the wide receiver side for Clemson. And on the Georgia side, for me, uh, nothing much really. Jeff Sims has been inconsistent over the last couple of years. I don't figure him to be any better against the Clemson defense in this opener. And so all eyes from a fantasy standpoint in this matchup for me is on that quarterback position at Clemson. But that's it. That takes care of the week one schedule. That was a lot of games. Um, you know, we're going to try to get these up a little bit sooner for you guys, maybe because some of these, uh, you know, over the next few weeks as these FBS versus FCS matchups go away we tend to get fewer matchups on the schedule it gives me a chance to digest the schedule a little bit more but also after two or three games we have a little bit more of trendy data right we have a little bit more of an idea of what's going to stick in regards to depth charts and that's where the security for you guys really come in and and for us with the projections as well which is 
you know, they constantly evolve. We came out with them early this week. We may be a little early with them in week two. Traditionally, afterwards, after that, they're likely to come out on a Thursday. And the reason we do that is because we don't like the we don't like to release projections and then have to make some changes. We like to really get post practice reports. We like to see who's going to be in before we just. I know some of you guys like to get in there early and create some of your lineups and create build some of your DF you know build some of your DFS lineups, but. The one thing that I'll say about the projections and some of the rankings that come out at later of the week, it really gives you a chance to kind of do some assessment yourself, right? Remember, you want to use those projections and rankings as sort of supplemental to what you feel. And I always say as, as a college fantasy football owner, when you're starting guys, you want to go with what your gut feel is. I wouldn't go with someone just because the CFF site has them ranked higher or projected higher. They have player A over player B. My thing is, is go with your gut, right? Use the rankings and projections to kind of assess where you're at, to kind of maybe recalibrate your thinking or, or get a different perspective, right? Really, that's what rankings and projections are supposed to be. But I say that all the time, which is the reason why when I play in some of my leagues, I end up starting a guy that I may have projected 20 spots lower than the next guy, because sometimes I like playing a guy that's got that high ceiling. It might be more of a boom or bust, but that's just me. And everybody's got their philosophy. It also may depend on where, what position you're playing. You might play deep rosters, right? So you may be less likely to take a risk on a wide receiver four than you would in a smaller league where you only start two wide receivers. If you're starting a deep league and you've got four receivers that you want to start, you may want the security on the guy that's got the higher floor as opposed to the higher ceiling, right? So everything really goes into that. That's the way that I would be using the projections and the rankings as just sort of supplemental to where I'm feeling at the beginning of the week and see if I need to make any adjustments from there. But that's it, guys. Look, the real challenge from here is uh, getting this uploaded into the site, trying to get it to some of your ears before the games start on Thursday. And from there, let's enjoy some college football. The 2020 season, really, I think for week one, for me, it's not week zero. I say is officially back because this is when you wake up and watch college football and you go to bed watching college football and you've got multiple options and you've got some good games to watch this week. So that's it. That's the week one show for the CFF site. College fantasy football is back. College football is back. Good luck to everyone this week. We'll see you guys in week two. Till then.